On today's episode of Back of the Bird, we are pleased to be joined by Trevor Baptiste of the San Diego Seals and the now New York Atlas. Uh, great episode, great interview with Trev. Uh, we chatted about his time coming up in the game, picking up the sport, uh, swimming through high school, his national championship at Denver, and then his adjustment uh, to the pro level in the NLL and PLL. A lot of other great stuff as well, including a chat about the OLA participation policy. Let's get into it. This is episode 103 of Back of the Bird. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. If you want to sign, this is it. You're mad, your magic, you're as hard as a gun. You want to play with fire, consider this. You'll chase the thrill if it's worth the hit. Cause you never ever want to work for it. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. You got a spine of steel and a roar of thunder. All right, we're back. Episode 103. We're back to the top, Paul. Who's number three? Dave Lomas. Number three for Chiefs. What the fuck? Guys, what the fuck? Donnie's number three. Are you shitting me? Dave Dave Lomas was the first, the original. He, well, Dave wore three in hockey. He wasn't even a lacrosse. He was lacrosse 15. Oh, true. I, I grew suck up playing hockey with him, too. Suck it, suck Donnie. It. <laughs> that is an all-time suck it, Donnie moment that I adore. But we'll call it the, the Donnie Dave episode. But, um, again, we're, we're brought to you by Cotter Springs. Um, get out there. Give them a try. God, I got a little sneak peek of a new product coming out. Let me tell you. They're nice. A little, it was a little tequila sunrise. I'm not sure I'm supposed to give out that much information. but. Um, that could be something that's hitting your shelves in the near future. Um, but uh, very appreciative of them. I'm sure people are diving into those over the holidays, yelling at their family, doing it all, going through the family drama, Christmas and New Year's here. It's been uh, it's been a couple weeks since um, since we've chatted. So why don't we just kind of dive right into it? What's going on, Polly? Not much, man. Just in a swing of things. Yeah, good holidays. Short though, right? Get you get bookended with two games. So yeah, short holidays was good, man. Like. Uh... You know, we'll go into too much detail. Mac kind of gets what's going on. I mean, he doesn't really know who Santa is, but he likes to get the presents, right? So, no, it was it's fun, man. As a as a father, you start becoming, like, funner and funner. So, yeah, no, it was good, man. Good family time, and just that's about it, man. You, got, you guys got up to the chalet there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we did my family Christmas Eve because Dangerous took his family. Retirement Street and well, he took his family to Cayman Islands for, like, 10 days. Whoa. I guess there's a, there must be some kind of retirement bonus the league gives you or something. So I, I paid for the family trip that came in. And then, uh, yeah, then we headed up to the chalet. It was kind of, it was always, like, nice to be up there, but the weather was just garbage. Like, I looked at yeah. pictures last year. There was, like, four feet of snow. It just rained every day. So it was kind of, you know, you go up there hoping you're going to ski and get Mac on the hill. And it was just kind of, like, spent all day inside. But the kid got 1000 toys so he had no problem just keeping himself entertained so yeah it was still still nice to be up there though love it that's awesome donnie what about you buddy uh yeah i'm good man um you know a good suck at donnie to start here and and a well-deserved uh, 
a well-deserved second one after I was, uh, you know, talking about how I passed Pauly uh, last week. But but Pauly, 250 games played, just a sicko uh, accomplishment. Wild. Pretty pretty sweet. Um, congrats on that. That's fucking. That's just crazy. But so many games. It's <laughs> a lot uh, of games. That's so many games. He's he's multiplied my career total by five, um, which is uh, that's. I mean. That's no crazy feat, I guess, if you really look at how many games I've played, but it's still what it's seventeen years. Yep, year seventeen this year. I didn't even know it was two fifty <laughs> till McBride till Brider came up to me in the morning shoot around like, hey, two fifty tonight. Hey, I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, You're playing a game two hundred fifty and I'm like, Yeah, man. They're so all they blur. All start, I, hey. they all start blending in at towards the end, man. <laughs> That's awesome. But it man. Is, uh, nah, it was cool, man. It was cool that I mean classic cliche but it was nice to get that dub on something like that so that's all that really matters but yeah it's yeah. you look back on kind of cool so yeah no doubt no oldest shit, which you guys all remind me of every every congratulation was like hey man congrats you old bag or old ball <laughs> old fuck or something so. <laughs> we gotta we gotta it's everything's about balance if we're gonna congratulate somebody yeah, there's no, gotta be a little it, backhand to it you gotta give this shit sandwich shit sandwich yeah. compliment Shit, compliment. Hey. Yeah, Paul is just grabbing his teammates in the locker room. It's like they come in to get like the celebratory like beers or whatever. Paul is just fighting guys to show he's still <laughs> still young. Yeah, yeah, but uh, um, I guess I'm like yeah. Christmas note, same old, same old here. Um, it was good. We were bookended too. With uh, had a game in Roch. Um, kind of buzzed right back after that and it was a nice little christmas in the lomas household let me tell you it was um you know we've got the eight month old and and almost six-year-old um in miles miles and william um you know william with you know being six now it's like i think santa was a big part of his year um i think that was leveraged throughout the year um and uh but it was good i ended up uh th- i threw on the old uh threw on the old suit and gave him a santa suit and gave him a gift um but uh so i was i was one of santa's helpers um the night before which was uh which was fun he spotted me immediately um and uh and knew it was uh he started calling me uncle santa so um it was uh it was good though it was uh, again it's santa can't be everywhere at once so he's got to send his, uh, his helpers to put a suit on every now and then so it was uh it was pretty cool pretty special read i read him a book before he we went to bed and he just said i'm so excited to see santa and i was like oh this is all right this is coming back i think i pulled the grinch the heart grew a few sizes but um and then we quickly turned it around to fly to uh to fly to san diego there so it was uh, no no rest for the wicked. All in the midst of trying to get uh, all of our work deals done by the end of the month, so it was um, a few tiring days. But now it's uh, it's time to to kind of just focus on the cross, which is which is a nice feeling um, because again, uh, it was pretty draining there. On that note, uh, apologies to to everyone for not getting an episode out. Um, you know, before the new year, there uh, hectic time for everyone. Uh, with work, expecting the spring to be less hectic. Uh, so, you know, we should be on a good little roll here. Got some really exciting stuff coming down the pike that's uh, that's still in the lab. But, uh, yeah, hoping to be back on on Friday Friday mornings here for, for everybody. And and reminder that we are on YouTube, Spotify, uh, video. You can watch on Spotify and as well as listening, uh, you know, wherever you listen to your episodes. Yep. 
no doubt we're going to keep this thing consistent for you guys um, and hopefully have some uh, some new and exciting stuff coming down the uh, down the pipeline in terms of how you can access uh, access this thing. So um, we'll, we'll kind of jump into it. Um, obviously, we touched on, on Paulie's milestone, Unreal. Um, but I think the other – there's been some other NLL news, but I think the other, you know, lacrosse-related news is this whole OLA participation memorandum thing that came out um, with the new kind of additions to their policy. Donnie, I don't know if you can summarize it. Um, I had a hard time following it based on them just like kind of to a certain degree throwing in legal jargon mixed with somebody who's like volunteering to write this stuff. And it was like kind of hard to follow what the hell they were talking about. But um, I don't know if you can maybe summarize kind of what the debate is for everybody. So, uh, Really quickly, the OLA is the governing body for lacrosse in Ontario, so that mostly covers minor lacrosse, uh, which is traditionally, you know, most of the box infrastructure in Canada is through the provincial systems. Um, There's also field lacrosse and then the provincial teams, Team Ontario in this case, um, and then the the Team Canada is kind of connected in – you know, kind of higher branch, but this all goes through. These are provincial organizations um, that kind of govern everything. And, and especially with the field game, a lot of field across gets played outside of that system through edge, uh, you know, tra- other travel programs, uh, instructional programs, and essentially this new uh, uh, participation policy, which has already been walked back a little bit and already been, um, edited which i always think is crazy when people put stuff out and then walk it back like immediately um so but basically it, it highly highly restricts uh the ability for players to play for travel programs and play in uh non-sanctioned events um and then also play ontario box across and team ontario and field across and when the, it first came out, there was significant penalties for anyone who played in a non-sanctioned event. I looked at the list of sanctioned events. It's pretty long. So in my estimation, the main thing that we're cutting out here is travel programs, uh, American recruiting events, and like uh, third-party skill instruction, which isn't really that common in Canada anyways. Um that's pretty much how I understand it. I don't know if you guys have any anything to add, but it, it seems a little ridiculous. Uh, I think we all think that some kids maybe are playing a little bit too much lacrosse. Um, but one thing that I kind of wanted to say on this, because the PLL has kind of gone through it a little bit, and I, I got to be careful what I'm saying here, but you got to be careful when you assume that the incentives for people are all the same. The incentives for kids to play lacrosse are all different. Some kids just want an experience. Some kids want to get recruited. Some kids' parents are just looking to keep them out of trouble. It's all the same. And the same thing is true at the pro level. When the the rule came in about PLL and summer lacrosse, I don't think anyone thought that guys would choose senior A. But the incentives for people, family, uh, money, travel, are all different. And I think what this assumes, this OLA policy, is that they have a very clear vision of an athlete that they're trying to direct. And I think you get really in trouble when you assume that the incentives for everyone are the same. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we have here. I think they're making a mass decision and you got to let families decide what's best for them. 
And also, you got to be careful that if you're going to make ultimatums with lacrosse, that your product is better. And I believe in the OLA product significantly. I was a product of it. We all were. But you got to be careful, man. Ultimatums are tough, uh, really tough. So that's kind of my two cents yeah. on it. Yeah, I think it's just – I think it's wild. Like we're not I – I just don't think that lacrosse is in a position to be like, no, you have to focus on our league. Like it's not big enough. Um, there's not enough of it year round. Like if somebody just wants to play year round and they want to go, you know, start getting recruited early or get exposure to playing Americans or whatever, <clears throat> I don't think like it's going to sound bad, but like who do we think we are trying to stop that? Um, and I, I don't know. It just – <clears throat> to me, it's crazy. Um, I think we saw a lot of backlash on it, and I think that's kind of why it's been walked back a bit. Um, I think rightfully so in my mind, but um, again, it's uh, it was just kind of like out of left field, it felt like. But, Polly, you got anything? Or are you good? No, I mean, both very well said. Again, I, I've, I've been following it a little bit, but yeah, just, again, I think – we're we're in a space of growth of lacrosse and i think sometimes again the more lacrosse the better like you say kind of the more avenues there is for kids to be playing lacrosse the better it is obviously you know you can get into the pay and, and all that stuff but again i don't <laughs> think we're big enough yet to start shrinking options for for kids and for families and stuff like that. Right. Um, I think you gotta let kids play wherever they want. And again, like some of this is, is people's livelihoods too, right? Like you're, you're taking people's jobs essentially right from underneath them, which is, which isn't fair as well. If people are making a living off the cross, having travel programs or companies and stuff like that, you just, you just gotta be careful. Like Donnie said, I think Donnie, how you, you worded it, it was very eloquently, man. And, and very well said, it just, we'll see how it all kind of shakes down again. I don't know, you know, I haven't talked to anyone from the LA, so I don't know what the reasoning behind it is. Right. Um, you have to kind of, you know, we'd have to be journalists. Serious. That's not, that's not us. Wait, 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 we, we'd have to know the facts to comment on a scenario. We'd have nothing yeah, to talk yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. I put buddy. the link yeah, to the, yeah. I, I put a link to the policy in the notes. That's, that's research. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it there. Yeah. I didn't click on it. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. You kind of, I, you know, I would like to hear the reasoning why, right? Like, and I'm sure maybe they, maybe it was a, a good reason or, whatever or maybe it was uh an idea from the right place executed wrong who knows right but again i just think we're not we're not big enough yet to start limiting options for kids and for families and stuff like that yeah i think if anything we almost need more options for kids to be playing we need more programs and stuff for kids to be playing lacrosse so the sport keeps growing yeah and i mean again i don't want to talk out of kind of left field here, but it's like somebody prob from the OLA probably just saw like all oh, registrations were down a bunch. Like I bet kids are tired for or, or doing a bunch of other lacrosse in the summer, so they're not coming to play this. And it's like here's a good way to make them um, or whatever. I don't know, but I, I think the part that kind of sticks out to me that I saw people posting, um, especially with these like clubs, you know, like a hardcore or evolve or edge or whatever, like 
you're taking a kid, like a kid who's eight, nine, 10, 12 years old, like they're going, they're playing on these teams. Like those life lessons that you're learning, um, whether you know it or not, and the experience you're getting with like a diverse group of kids and like just different backgrounds and um, understanding teamwork and working to a common goal and traveling with your buddies and getting a gas station Slurpee or like, you know, whatever it might be. Like those are, those are fundamental, you know, memories and fundamental ways of, of building a child. Like, and I, I don't know, I think just to, to, to restrict that feels wrong. Um, and I don't know, I think it's obviously something they're going to have to revisit, which they already have started to clearly. We should probably restrict the gas station Slurpees. There's not really much nutritional value in those. So maybe that's what they were going after. See, Paul, that's, oh, yeah, that's, that's when Polly deserves to be called old, when he's ta- trying to talk the boys out of the Slurpees. Yeah, you don't think I'm getting a fucking Slurpee after a big, muddy field W? Or just yeah, just because you played 250 fucking games, you think yeah. you can tell people what to do? Slurpee in my this life. You make fun of Jimmy John. You make fun of Jersey Mike's. You make fun- we don't all eat hummus and chicken over there. There, Paul. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get one Slurpee. What are you doing? Oh, buddy, let me tell you, I'm going. This is a little bit nutty. Um, I'm gonna say jungle juice a little bit from every single one. You sick? I'm gonna go full full roulette wheel spin. We're going like down. I'm going down the line, betting money on every single one. But then my majority, I'm going Coca Cola. I, I like soda, cream soda, and banana. Half and half. Oh, I'm more just, on that train. You just Paul. like you just like cough medicine, then that's fucked. Exactly, it's so much sugar. Yeah. Well, what's okay? So if you're stopping at a gas station and you can get only one item out of the gas station, and you're on a long road trip, what are you picking up? Oh, I mean, like now, like my. It's not like I'm getting like beef jerky or nuts. Like I'm, I'm old and boring now. I'm not getting okay. Like, what if what if what about banana. what about Polly the kid? Yeah, like I'm getting Slurpee and Twizzlers. Yeah, Twizzlers. Yeah, yeah. Twizzlers is my all time go to. Like Twizzlers or nibs. I love licorice. Donnie, uh, probably like like chips for me. Uh, Pringles maybe. Um, then like Mike and Ike's, but I, I like, I like all junk food. So <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> the, list, the list goes on. <laughs> yeah. Just, I, uh, Reese's. I, I like the, the, what are the Reese's like, uh, M&M things? You know what I'm talking about? Like the Reese's pieces. I yeah, think Reese's that's what they're called. Reese's pieces. Oh yeah. yeah. Reese's pieces. Yeah. 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 That's good. I, uh, I did the kind of went to poly route the other day actually and got one of those, like, I mean, not the exact same, but I got two of those like long beef sticks, like the ones that are like like real og gas station foot long you're walking out of there it's basically getting caught in the door behind you it's so big but um those things are those are those are my weakness when when i'm stopping there or like the sour watermelons those are legit yeah they're not bad but i had this uh, conversation we we actually talked about this on the podcast so I'll, i'll abbreviate this but my mom asked like do you guys have something i don't know why she asked but she asked if we have candy before the games and like our like snack table in Panther City, I think is awesome. Our equipment guy Nick Coin does a great job with it. There's like a bevy of junk food, like candy, oh, yeah. gum. We have beef jerky on it for I don't know what reason. And then like Tony Malcolm on our team is really into like health food, so he's always got like his salts and 
I, I can't remember. It was raisins or cranberries or something that he he's always has his stuff, and the rest of us are just like handfuls of Swedish fish, like <laughs> at the whole deal. Oh, there, there's nothing like the the gas station sushi sushi and oh, <laughs> that just got brought up this weekend because uh, we were we were talking about kind of same thing, and then Hopi because we had Jordan Searle, so we just traded him, but so we're all traveling together, and Hopi's like. Paulie, you got to tell me about the sushi you guys would have pregame in Roch. And, like, because we're also trying to explain it. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, literally, it was picked up from a gas station and left out all day. And, like, guys would eat it. It was the most disgusting thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just asking for salmonella pregame. Everyone would be like, you know, and everyone's like, oh, it's disgusting. But then by game time or after game, there's no sushi left. So <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's doing it. The sushi bandit yeah. is getting to it. Yeah. Uh, that's good man. Um, I guess we can that's a good little segue though Polly. I mean we can walk through um, a few of these trades if you want Tommy uh, yep let me just pull it up here um, so just catching up on some stuff that, that we missed uh, Jordan Storos traded uh, like Polly just alluded to um, for a third round pick in 2025 traded to Philly um, I also saw Joey Capito was activated um that's my Paul. Achilles brother. Let's go. Yeah, so congrats. Paul, did he play yet? Or Yeah, he played last game. Yep, yep. Played last nice. game. So I think 11. Danny, how long were you off for? Not that Six. I'm comparing it. How much? Six. Six months? Yeah. Joey was 11, I think. Nine or 11 months. Yeah, because I, I think his is... Something is something was going on with his where like it was just yeah. I think his calf actually retracted or something. So and mine, yeah, something. So, again, just like a a very long long road. So again, he he was back. So it's pretty exciting for him. Again, he's a guy who's played in Colorado his whole life. So he was. I've never seen. I guess he does it all the time. But he came flying out of the tunnel like he was like shot out of a cannon. I love that. that. Yeah, Paul, are, I, you, are you going out first in the, in the? Uh, do you go out first no, for the interest? Third, third, both goalies go and I go. Nice, nice. I'm I'm out first in Panther City. It's, you, it's a little you lonely. It's a little lonely. Yeah, you get to dab everyone up, though. You get it yeah. every single time. Uh, if you want to feel better, I spent like four years in New York, and for four years they said defenseman Dan Lomas. <laughs> so that that's uh, that's how you know you really you left your mark on a franchise. They don't even know what position you play. I, I should probably take this out, but it is a league tradition to get at least something wrong in the interview. Oh yeah, no, you can leave that in, and it's it is so bang on. Um, funny, this is, and I gotta ask. I actually should ask him about this, but I remember Buki. Whenever he would get announced, it, his hometown was Coquitlam, and somebody told me he like has changed. He's like ch- taken that on as his hometown now. Um, despite I think he's from Whitby, um, yeah. but anyway. Yeah. Um, on a on a related Achilles note, I I saw that Pat, Max Pacioretty's back to, was back playing tonight after doing his for the second time. So I'm interested to see how that goes, but. Anyways, I'll send it back to you, Donnie, for the rest of those. I think there's two more trades. Yep. Uh, New York traded Kevin Orleman to Rochester for Stephen Keogh. Uh, Keogh played against Toronto, scored a pretty sick uh, between-the-legs goal. 
Uh, and then Colorado traded Anthony Jokum to and a 2025 third round pick to Albany for Carson Moyer and a 2024 second. Uh, I believe Carson Moyer is uh, a guy who's drafted but still in college. Uh, pretty sure he plays at Utah. Uh, very good player, though. Watched him play in Mimico. And Jokum somehow plays in the NLL and coaches college at St. Joe's, I believe, still. So, you know, mad props to him. That's crazy. So That's I crazy. imagine it's a little easier to be closer to home uh, or closer. Yeah, closer to home and closer to his team. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the news around the league. Lots of um, – I do think the NLL should clarify some of the, the different lists that we have for rosters because it is confusing, uh, even for someone in the league. Uh, going through the transactions, there's a lot of lists um, that guys can be on, but th- those are the, the big notes. And and obviously, uh, congrats to to Capito for for coming back from that injury. So, yeah, no doubt. Um, and I don't. Do we want to like run through like the standings right now? No, fuck it. Too early. Um, <clears throat> so no there's, standings, there's, no scores. No standings, no scores. I've I've, I've that's fine fine by me um i'm trying to think if there's anything else anything else that's going on here in the next little while but um obviously there's going to be a lot of games coming up um january's you know dog days of the nhl um nba whatever it might be so um every week matters here obviously football is going to start to kind of tune up too but um you know once uh once february rolls around nobody's got any excuse to not uh, to not be watching the league um and and just be sharing it with all their buddies and everything they can do because it's uh, every time I tell my buddies to watch and they watch they have a blast doing it so um, we definitely encourage you to do that. But anything else, boys, before we send it over to uh, to Trevor Baptiste here? Not out. Uh, all right. Well, as always, our interview is brought to you by Lucky Penny Media. At Lucky Penny Media, we are a full service marketing company without hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand is everything to you, and when working together, it means everything to us. You're more than just a client. You're a partner and a teammate. Our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. So here he is, Trevor Baptiste. Beauty. All right, this Denville, New Jersey native, is widely considered to be one of the be- to be the best face-off athlete in the game today. He attended Denver University, where he's a four-time first-team All-American and helped the Pioneers win the national championship in 2015. In the field game, he's rep- represented USA twice at the World Lacrosse Championships, winning in 2018 and 2023. In the PLL, he was named League MVP in 2022 and won Face-Off Athlete of the Year Award four times. He also plays box for the San Diego Seals, the NLL, where he has won 75% of his draws this season. Welcome to Back of the Bird, Trevor Baptiste. What's going on, buddy? Appreciate it, boys. Appreciate it. I'm excited to be on this podcast with you guys. Did it's, we uh, uh, did we get everything right there, uh, Trevor? Any uh, anything in the bio that we we fucked up there? To be honest, I blacked out. I blacked <laughs> okay. out. Yeah, I so did I. It makes two of us, man. <laughs> Too long. There's that's a lot of words. really. It was it was a great intro. I appreciate. Uh, it. Love it. What's um? I mean, okay. We're usually we just hop right in with guys, give them a what's up, what's going on, and then kind of like go through a bunch of stuff. But we wanted to kind of like throw a little loop into this one, and okay, you know, I think 
your position specifically has been in the news quite a bit in the lacrosse world with, I mean, obviously it's just kind of, it feels like it's been consistently changing. Um, I can't imagine what it's been like to be a guy that plays that position, but what are your thoughts on kind of, you know, these proposed rule changes or, or, you know, all these different things kind of going on with the position now? Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, I think you said it really great. I, I think that the face-off is always a position that's really, it's, it's always under high scrutiny and um, it seems like it's always changing. Um, you know, uh, my take on it, uh, I think that before I even say it, I think it's really important that like, I want everybody to know that I want the best for the game, you know, like whatever that is, you know, like obviously I take face-offs, there's a bias that comes with that, but I try to think about it unbiasedly. Um, I think that uh, from everything that I've heard, a lot of coaches, people around the game, especially the college game, they it, a lot of it's around the officiating, and they find it hard. It it's a hard event to officiate because everything's ha- happening so fast, you know. And you know, some guys sometimes guys get a little bit of a uh, a jump on the cadence, or sometimes guys you know, get away with some things. Some guys get, sometimes guys don't get away with some things. Um, and I think that's the nature of the position. Uh, and I think they're trying to limit that. And, you know, the thing that came up is taking away the clamp. Uh, you know, my, my personal opinion is I don't think that'll make it easier to officiate. So I, I don't think that'll necessarily alleviate the problems, but I think that, uh, you know, I think it goes both ways. Like I think, the more you try to control it, it seems like the more problems you run into, you know? So I think uh, the face-offs are in a really good position. I, I think guys, I think the majority of guys don't go in trying to cheat, you know? I think sometimes things just kind of happen, and you got to call them as you see fit, you know? You got to call them as you see fit. I, th- I agree, and I, I think it's funny because – Again, I, I couldn't agree with what you said more. Like you want you want the game to be in the best position possible, but in my opinion, it's like sometimes the devil you know is better than the one you don't. It's like you make the make a rule change just thinking it it's gonna be great, and then you, you uncover seventeen other issues, and you're like, oh wait, we gotta put in we gotta put in all these other new rules so they can't keep doing that. And it's you know I think a lot of the time too, I agree. Like officiating is tough in that position, but I feel like a lot of the time there's stud face-off guys and then there's like a pretty good drop-off and it's probably the masses of those those coaches that don't have a stud that's like let's change the rules it's like (laughs) okay man let's just go to a puck drop if you guys are really getting this nuts with it like it it just seems a little bit ridiculous but yeah no no i hear you i think like i think it's so you know, it, and I don't want to speculate this on on anybody, you know, like I don't want to say, like, oh, like this coach or that coach. But I think it's so easy for coaches to look at the game after and look at the stat sheet and be like, oh, man, we got dominated in the face off. Hey, if this was more 50 50, like maybe we want to won this game or maybe we would have had a, a much better opportunity to win the game. And, you know, I think that that could be true. I think that there's a lot there's a lot of things about the game that you can adjust to make that not as much of an outlier, like adding a shot clock, you know, like I think the shot clock was a big addition. When I played college, there wasn't a shot clock, you know, and uh, like if you were the face-offs, like it, you could kind of sit on the ball a little bit. And there was times where we did really well, the face-offs and we still lost the game. So 
like at the end of the day, you don't get a point when you win the faceoff. You still got to put the ball in the net, you know, and yeah. there's still a whole team stopping you from doing that. And there's a whole team trying to do that. So, um, and I, and like I said, I think the shot clock really helps. And, and I think even if you went to a puck drop, you know, it's still like, there's still going to be guys that are, are just better than other guys, you know, yeah. like guys that are better ground balls, guys are a little bit more athletic guys that are just kind of have that, you know, hand eye stick eye down low like it's it's uh it's bound to happen if it's a skill and athletic event it's going to be trained and guys are going to get good at it yeah what about just like kind of the emotional roller coaster for like guys like yourself of of just like oh they're they're fucking with it again like do you kind of do you like kind of follow the proposed changes really closely or are you just kind of more of a mindset like fuck it like I'll find them in the spring, like call me in the spring when we're actually playing and we'll figure out what the rules are. Like what's that kind of process like for you? Yeah. I I think like, I think when it comes to college, I think it's, it's great for me to watch it, you know, like kind of watch uh, where, you know, guys want the game to go, you know, what, what they're looking to change and things like that. Um, I think, you know, like, for example, in, you know, for outdoor, like, they made a big change with the 32-second shot clock. And uh, I think it happened kind of soon. So, like, I felt like I didn't really have a, a lot of time to be like, oh, you know, like, what do I think about this? It's kind of like, okay, we're doing it, you know? Uh, so, you know, I think that uh, – I think with anything, it's like a challenge. It's like an opportunity to, to like, build a new skill or, you know uh, – just pinpoint another area of your game or your team's game that you can um, expound on or, or fix or, you know, just, or manipulate or something like that, you yeah. know? So, you know, like, and the, like, like the Candace, like you guys did a great job with that, you know, like you guys did a great job, uh, you know, fi- like game planning that and being really creative with that. And I think that's, that's really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> It's definitely easier if it stays the same, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that is, that is, no one's ever said truer words, but um, let's, we'll, we'll kind of, now that we've, you know, gotten, gotten the hard hitting questions out of the way, we'll, we'll dive yeah. into it, man. What, how did you, how'd you pick up a stick? How'd you get into the game? Yeah. Yeah. I got, I started playing lacrosse in like sixth grade and I played, I played football and a lot of my friends, I played football with play lacrosse in the spring. I grew up in New Jersey, like you said, and uh, you know it was it, it was pretty big out there. And I didn't really know what it was. I was just like, oh, you know, my friends are playing. I should play. Um, I started playing defense because I I could catch and throw. In a lot of ways, I'm still working on that. But <laughs> I think I, hey, aren't I think we all, man? Aren't we all? Like, yeah. So I think. Uh, um, so I started playing defense and I just had fun. Like it was a really social thing for me. And I think with a lot of the other sports I was playing, I took them so seriously. And lacrosse was something that was something that I was like, Oh, I'm going out with my friends and playing. It's fun. There's so much creativity to the game that uh, I think really makes it special. And I think that's why I really, you know, fell in love with the game. No doubt. I mean, any hero from a lot of guys, like it's like, 
kind of that thing that guys play to keep themselves in shape for another sport. And then like, you just fall in love with it or, or you just notice yourself getting progressively better at it and be like, man, I got a future in this thing. Like it kind of sneaks yeah. up on you in a way, right? Um, oh, Donnie, you switched something up on me. Oh, we, we got Polly from the top ropes. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, boys! What's oh, up, buddy? Oh, you're inside your Sorry nostril there for a minute. <laughs> it's good timing, buddy. We're just jumping. We were work. We worked through all the face-off stuff. You didn't have to. Uh, you didn't have to be part of the rule changes stuff or anything like that. But now we're just diving into the background, so it's good timing. Um, so this is we got some. We we really dove into the details of of who you are. Were you what? You're a four year letter winner in swimming. Yeah, yeah, dude. Probably. Tell us about yeah. tell us Crazy. about your skill in the pool, dude. Yeah, so uh, kind of a crazy story. I am when I was like really young, I almost drowned. Um, in the pool, like it was kind of like a recreational pool. I went in after snack time without my floaties. And uh, it just did turn out to be a really bad situation. Hey, and, you didn't wait the half hour after eating, eh? No. Yeah, did not, did not. That is, yeah, I, that's still something I don't really do. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so uh, so that that happened, and my mom was like, "Yo, like you, you have to learn how to swim." You know, um, I think like my parents did a really good job, like with me growing up, like anything that was um, scary or something like that was something that I felt like conquered by. They'd be like, all right, you got to go do it, you know? So um, they're like, you got to learn how to swim. So I started on this swim team where they taught you how to swim, but you could compete because I really didn't want to do it, but they were like, oh, but you get to race, like you get to compete. I was like, all right, I'll do it. Um, And it was at this lake kind of close to my hometown. And uh, I just kind of, started doing it i learned how to swim and i i loved racing i i started getting good um and then the club team would come to those meets and they would kind of recruit kids to come to their club team and they was like hey we'd love to have trevor on the club team and um and my sister did it too so they they kind of recruit us both and and then that then it became a lot more serious um and you know all of a sudden you're starting to do like the junior olympic stuff the national stuff and they're like, you know, you got to start practicing. I was practicing like seven times, eight times a week. You know, I was practicing two days on Wednesday after school every day. Um, and it was all to get incrementally, incrementally faster. Uh, and it, it sucked. I like I look back on it like it's a ter- it was terrible. But it taught me a lot about discipline. And, uh, and, and the races were great. You know, like uh, it, it, it's a really, really good like high you know like when you when you get up for a race you know yeah yeah it's definitely uh something i wish my parents did was teach me how to swim a bit we had to do like the we had to do that like challenge week at school and we had the one day in the pool and it was like i'm glad i'm still here today because treading (laughs) treading water in the deep end and having to pass a cinder block over your head i was like this is going to be the end of me but um I mean, it is, it kind of goes full circle though. You're, you're training all that time to get incrementally faster. Um, and now that's, you know, that reaction time and kind of getting, getting quicker is, is what you're paid to do. So it worked out in the long run. Yeah, no, definitely. I think like finding face-offs was great too. Cause it's also kind of like that head to head, you know, type 
um, event, you know, and, and I was like, oh, like, I'm used to doing this. Like, I should, you know, they were like, hey, we need a guy to take a face off. I was like, okay, yeah. Like, I feel like I'd like, I feel like this is, this is up my alley, you know? Yeah, that works. Yeah. Man. So how, how did you, you know, obviously working your way through high school, you're playing a ton. How, when did the recruiting conversation start to happen? And, and who was in the mix? Yeah, it was, it was different for me. Um, I got recruited by a lot of D3 schools, you know, and, and back then, um, the recruiting rules weren't the same. So guys were committing like freshman year of high school, some eighth graders, sophomore years, like by the time we were sophomores, a lot of the division one, all the top, all the top division ones, but most of the division one teams, they finished their class. And I was just really stepping into the game. Like I was really like, okay, like I like this. Like I really, I think I can do this long term. All right. This is something I want to do in college. At least uh, I was thinking. And so I got recruited by a lot of D threes. Uh, you know, Stevens, I actually ended up committing to Franklin and Marshall. Uh, that was a school I was really excited to go to. I was, I was so excited to just to play there. And then um, towards the end of my high school career, you know, some D1s. I got, you know, I definitely got a lot better. Um, and some D1s started reaching out, um, like High Point. Um, don't do think, that uh, to me. Don't, yeah. don't be telling me yeah. that was almost yeah. something that could happen. Yeah, Damn man. It. I didn't yeah, really. Tor- 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 <laughs> called me. He was like, he was like, yeah, man, yeah. Uh, you know, we'd love to have you down. And uh, Drexel, you know, and then uh, – I was just kind of like, you know, I'm set. Like, I'm set on Franklin Marshall. Like, I'm, I'm good. Uh, and then Dever called me, like, March of my senior year. And I was like, what? Like, you guys sure you got the right guy, you know? And they're like, yeah, like, we're looking for another faceoff guy. We need to add depth to the position. Like, we'd love for you to take a visit. I've never been to Colorado. I was like, Coach Tierney, like, he's a legend. Like, I got to I gotta go for this. I got to try to take this opportunity. And then it just kind of just kind of happened. You know how many more shots I could have taken for, <laughs> from way, from way, way, no offense to any of our face-off guys that may be, uh, that may be avid listeners, but Christ, that would have been all right. Uh, Mommy, too many swimming pools at high point. He was, he was burnt out of swimming by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> He's like, I'm so done. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have known which one to pick. He wouldn't have yeah. around campus. So. Uh, but what what was the like for you? I mean, obviously you'd never you said you'd never been to Colorado. What was uh what was the visit like out there? Uh it was good. It, it was uh, you know, I think it was like such a legendary coaching staff, like with Coach Tierney and Coach Brown. And uh Trevor Tierney was a coach there at the time and um John Orson came in. Like we had like the coaches were unbelievable. Um and the team, like the team culture is what really drew me in. Uh, kind of like I said, like a lot of D1s, not a lot, but some were recruiting me in the end. And, you know, I just didn't really get a good vibe. And I, and I think a lot of it was like, I, I shouldn't say I didn't get a good vibe. I had a really good vibe about Franklin and Marshall. And that was like really what I was comparing it to. Like um, yeah. the guys on the team, like feeling just a part of the team and, you know, I don't think it was necessarily fair because I don't think I gave a lot of the schools a, a fair shake at it as, as much as I did with Franklin Marshall at Denver. But uh, I remember the the thing where the moment I knew I was like, I got to do this was one, like it's Denver. And then two, uh, it was 
I went out that weekend and it was maybe like March or something like that. And they were playing Rutgers, which was like right in my backyard. So I was like, I flew all the way to Denver to watch Denver play Rutgers. And then um, it started snowing. Like it was beautiful in the morning. It started snowing. I'm like, this place is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of like it. Like I kind of like how it's kind of up and down and, and there was a team meal and, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm a little starstruck, you know, like Wes and uh, Jer and Zach Miller, Tyler Pace, like guys that I'm watching on TV at Final Four weekends, you know, and I couldn't tell who was who. Like, I couldn't tell, like, who was the who were the guys, who weren't the guys. Like, there was, it was just 60 guys in the room and they were all part of the team. And I was like, okay, because. I was like, this is this is what I want to be a part of because I honestly didn't think I was gonna play or like I didn't think you know I was like I'm here to add depth like I want to be a part of the team I don't want to feel like yeah. if I'm not playing on Saturday then I'm not a part of the team and and that's and it was so true at Denver. That's a great point. I mean, that's and again, there's worse places to go. So you're you're I mean, and you're you're going on campus and like there's a hockey game going on. There's other like it's that's that's just not a bad place to be. Yeah, no, yeah, we saw a hockey game, you know, uh, just Colorado lifestyle was so different, you know, just very outdoorsy. People were like much more relaxed. I was like, what's what's good? Like everybody's walking slow and like you know, like uh, I'm from New Jersey, you know, people are like like we gotta go go go, and I was like, I kind of like this is refreshing. Yeah, there's <laughs> just giant giant puffs of clouds buzzing around. Yeah, the, uh, buzzing yeah. around campus. Like, okay, that's why they're walking slow. There's, there's definitely a few clouds puffing around. Uh, it was that was a year weed was legalized in Denver, 2014. Oh yeah, it was that year. Yeah, so people were people were taking advantage of it for sure. People were taking advantage, <laughs> of it, you know. Uh, Donnie, you want to maybe dive into that 2015 team a little bit? Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, pretty stacked team. Um, you, you guys would go on to win it. You know, I, this is just kind of like an outside perspective, but, you know, a lot of the, the successful college teams you see are, like, super intense and, like, a lot of big personalities, big leaders. Like, just even, like, you know, I don't know Wes that well, but he just seems like a more kind of easygoing guy, and, and that team seemed a little bit more easygoing maybe than some other uh, college teams. What was that team kind of like from, like, a character attitude point of view? Obviously really good on the field, but what was kind of the vibe with that that group? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question, and I think um, I've learned to appreciate it more with age, because I was a freshman, you know, so I'm coming in and I'm like, okay, this is D1 lacrosse. Like, this is how it is. Like, I wasn't really thinking about how it was everywhere else. Um, but really the vibe, and I think Wes really embodies this, is it was a vibe of maturity, you know? Like, I felt like everyone was very, very mature to be, um, you know, a bunch of 18 to 21-year-olds. And what I mean by that is, you know, it wasn't like, hey, like, get in line. It was more like, if you don't, like, you could, you could have fun. Like, you can, you can do whatever, <laughs> I should say whatever you want. But, like, <laughs> um, if, if, if it comes to the point that you're not performing, then we're going to step in and you're not going to like that, you know. But if 
you can take care of your business and there's no reason for us to get, you know, really high strung or like bring the pressure on unless it's shown that you need it, you know? And that was really from the the guys on the team and like Wes, the leadership group, like uh, that's like what I learned as a freshman. And I think like you look at the coaching staff, you know, like coach T is like, you know, kind of known to be a little bit more, you know, vocal, strict, you know? So like we were getting all that from the top, but when it came to the players, it was like, yeah, like, you know, like we're here to have fun. Like we're going to get to know each other, have fun. Like there was no classism. Like I didn't feel like, uh, like it was like rookies, like, you know, you got a pledge or something like that. Like it was like, you know, you got to pay your dues like here and there, but, uh, you know, like if you're not, if it comes time for practice on Friday morning or Saturday morning, and maybe you had a couple drinks the night before, that's cool, but you got to show up, you know, like if you're, if you're not showing up on Saturday, then you're going to hear about it, you know, we got to take those rights away. I love that birdie's got like it's like the old time old time hockey like you can sure if you want to burn at both ends sure but you better be you better be ready to go for us or or you're losing that privilege. Right. Right. I love that. That's really how that's really how it went. That's really how it went. Uh, another thing about that, you know, this is goes for your whole time in Denver but you know, was that the first time you'd kind of been around and played with Canadians and and do you ever think about like Obviously, you went into box right away after school. Like, do you ever think about maybe the influence that playing with Canadians and being around like the box stuff right like in college maybe had on on your pro career after that? Oh, absolutely. You know, playing playing with Canadians and you know Coach Brown being there uh, was a huge influence on my game. And uh, you know, I, I actually got a funny story. So I remember it was uh, moving day freshman year. And, uh, you know, like, uh, it got kind of got my tail between my legs, like, you know, first day of college, like freshman year, like I'm trying to, you know, feel comfortable and everything. And um, that same year, Team Canada won the outdoor worlds that summer going in. And also, um, I'm pretty sure Six Nations won the Minto. Um, and they played against the Adnac. So it was like, Wes and Pace first, like, Millsy Bomber, you know, and, and they were playing on Six Nations. So I was just talking to Coach Brown, like, on moving. He was like, yeah, like, really big summer. And I was like, yeah, you know, congratulations. Like, winning gold is so great. He was like, yeah, like, um, thanks, you know. And it was a big it was a big year for Bomber and, like, Six Nations winning the Minto. And I was like, oh, like, I didn't know Bomber was on – team Canada like I didn't I didn't know he was on the team like I didn't know what the Minto Cup was I didn't know I was like he was like trying to say he was like no the Minto and I was like the what and I I was so embarrassed embarrassed, man Uh, but now you know playing box it's like now now I get it you know yeah Um, but but yeah like it opened my eyes to a completely different style of play um, which uh, which I think is really great like I think I think in a lot of ways Nah, I think a lot of ways it's, it's 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 really good for the game. It's really good for the game. Yeah. It's really good for the game. Um, did you yeah. play with my buddy Bryce Perrietti then? Of course. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you guys call Dude. him Lice? Um, I, I don't even know. I think we call I think we call them parrotitties, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, dude, it's an all time guy. So this uh, 
Bryce Bryce went to high point for his freshman freshman year. But he's from Denver, so then like transferred back. Um, and I think he's like good friends with Canizero too, right? But which we'll we'll get to him, but because um, I think they like played high school together or something like that. But dude, all time guy, like the he's pure Denver, walking slow, like talking oh, yeah. slow. Such a such a goof, man. He's an all timer though. He married a Canadian he, girl too. He did. He yeah. did. Uh, we were on the wedded circuit a little bit this uh, this past fall. Like a bunch of a uh, bunch of Denver guys were getting married, and him and his wife were there. And I don't know if you ever noticed. Whenever he scores a goal, like <laughs> in a game or practice, especially, you ever notice he kind of does that little swag walk? Like, dude, the swag walk is unbelievable. He would always do it, and it's, especially if it was in like if it was in like an inner squad scrimmage, he would swag walk right back to like the restraining line, like where the attacker yeah. line it up again. Oh man, all time! I love that you yeah. do that too. Yeah. Yeah, he's a yeah, character. Yeah. I mean, talking about it, and this is one one of the questions um, Donnie had too. But um, talk maybe a little bit about how good Canizero was that year. Oh, he's is, is unbelievable. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like uh, like it was, you know, like that was a, that. I like I'm, I'm so used to like pro now, like trades, like acquisitions, like him coming to Denver was like. It, it completely changed. Um, it completely changed our offense. Like, I think we're so predicated off ball movement. And, you know, we had guys that could really dodge. But having him at X just made um, guys just have to respect the dodge so much more. You know, so it kind of opened up all that ball movement for us. And, uh, and it was really special, you know, him coming to the team and playing with his brother, his brother being a senior. Um and, you know, there, there was a really cool bond there that kind of flew through the whole team. Um, progressing a little bit, I know we spent a little bit of time on this 2015 team, but, you know, one of the, the all-time, or, you know, obviously a great team. Uh, for lacrosse nerds like us, that video of Perkovic scoring five goals in a row oh is, God. like, in YouTube, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of lore. I look today, it has, like, 500,000 um views so you guys win that game in ot but you're on you know you're on the the sideline or you're on the field watching him score five in a row in the fourth quarter for people to know sergio Porkovic scored five it was nine four he scored five goals in a row by himself um what, what was that like just watching that happen freaking out freaking out. <laughs> i was like i was i was like oh my god Oh my god! Yeah, you know, like the first one, it was like, all right, you know, nice shot, nice shot. You know, we got a little, we got a little lead. You know? <laughs> like, all right, and then, yeah, we're still good. Like, possession, boom! And I was like, okay, you know, let's get a pull on this guy. You know, let's, let's, and then, and then the third one, I was like, yo, this is about to be a mess. This is a mess. <laughs> oh man, oh that was crazy. Oh my gosh, and especially just at that point in the game, like the like they just took all the momentum, man, and um. Like we were walking on eggshells for sure. Uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy that that we were kind of were able to kind of pull it together at the end. But uh, you know, like that that effort, uh, like I respect it. You know, I think it's a lot easier for me to say I respect it that we won the game. You know, but like like that was it. It was uh, it, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Um, it made for a really good game, you know. It made for a really yeah. Good game. I I mean, and I think it's almost by the sounds of kind of the way you describe the team and 
and the locker room and the function of, of all the boys. Um, it's kind of poetic having Bergy Bergy end that game too, right? Like how, what was, what was that feeling like? Oh, it was, you know, like I, I hate to say this, but you know, like looking back at it, it was like, when he scored that goal, he like threw his glove in the air. I was like, that was a semifinal. I was like, this is over. I was like, we won. We are, we, we yeah. won the, like nothing. We, it was like, we were unstoppable, you know? Um, and that, it, it, it's not like a, it come from a thing of cockiness, you know, it's just having like your leader, you know, come up big for the team after just having five goals scored on you when you, you felt like you had the game wrapped up and it's in overtime. It was like, it was like, it, it was almost like fate, you know, like, like it's, we, you know, we get ready for the national championship game and it's like, we, we couldn't be more relaxed, you know, we couldn't be more relaxed. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what's gonna happen. Some guy might score five goals in like two minutes. Like we're still gonna win, you know. Yeah. We're still gonna yeah. win. <laughs> yeah, that's we're, all. we're then, gonna make sure to so, send this clip to a cello after this. Yeah, fuck. Scored the last goal. Cello scored the last goal. I'll send this clip to him too. You say? Yeah, yeah. 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 He scored the last goal, and he was facing off too. He was facing off. Um, he was kind of spinning how, the face offs. How'd that go for what him? Uh, yeah, Sel, it, it went pretty, like, it was solid. Sel was tough, man. He was, he was tough. I remember one play, the ball kind of rolled, like, towards the end line, and it, like, off the faceoff, or towards the sideline, off the faceoff, and, like, we're both running to go get it, and then, like, he kind of, like, shoves me, like, we're, like, trying to box out, he kind of, like, gives me like, a good shove, and then I kind of, like, shove him back, and then the ball, like, I remember this so vividly, the ball's, like, sitting, like, an inch off the line, inbounds, <laughs> And it's in between us, and he just like turns to me like the Terminator, and he like looks me right in the eye, just like fuck, and just hammers me, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I think the ball just went out of bounds. I don't even know like who got the ball. How it ended? Yeah, yeah. That's I was like, I remember it so well. And then the next face off, he came out. He was like, he was like, good hit, good hit. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a sick I was, I, was I said, I'm still trying. I'm still like, I'm still grabbing my mouthpiece, man. Yeah. yeah, Donnie. Anything else you want to touch on on Denver before we kind of move into uh, into the pro stuff? No, that was it. I mean, honestly, by the way you describe it, it, doesn't sound like there's that much to talk about from from the Natty. Like it sounded like by that by Monday, like the hay was in the barn. You guys, you guys just went out and did it. Um, obviously, maybe last question is the East Coast National Championship. Obviously, you're not making the drive home uh, that night. What you guys do that that night uh, when you won? We flew back that night. Oh Denver. wow! Yeah. Oh wait, okay. So that's didn't you land and like Jer and like John Grant Jr. had like the biggest champagne bottle known to man ready ready to go? Yeah, it was like it was like five feet. Like yeah, I think they had like three like five foot champagne bottles, and like we just went straight to Wes's house. We we had to travel it. We traveled in suits and ties as a team, um, and. You know, we just like just dropped our bags off, and you know, usually like after a game, a big win, you know, Coach T kind of gives a talk, like, you know, like don't do anything stupid, like, you know, like, you, like be smart. And he was just like, take care of each other, and he just like walked out. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, let it rip. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, let boys. It rip. Yeah, let it rip. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, 
Okay, well, we might as well let's move in. Let's move into a little bit of NLL stuff. So, like after you, after you finished up playing at school, um, did you did you know you were going into lacrosse full time? Did you step into lacrosse full time, or did you have a job first? Uh, I did have a job lined up, and um, and like real estate finance. That's why I studied real estate at DU, and um, you know, I think like this whole pro lacrosse thing's been it's been a little bit of a wave. You know, like. Uh, I never, even, you know, junior, senior year of college, like I was never like, oh, I'm going to play pro lacrosse and this is going to be my occupation or I'm going to, you know, my whole job or occupation is going to revolve around lacrosse. That was never like a goal nor something that I thought was possible. Um, and it just kind of worked out that, that uh, you know, there's, I think it's just, there's just a lot of there's a lot more investment going on in the game and um and I just kind of lucked out you know I kind of lucked out with it and I was like okay like this can kind of work so and you know I remember I was talking to my parents about it talking to a lot of people that like mentors and I was like you know should I be doing this um and they're like you know some people were like yeah I think you should get a job but the overarching majority is like you know, at this stage of your life, like you should do this. Like you, this is the time to do this, like go for it. Um, so it just kind of went, it just kind of went that way. Um, and it's just kind of, it's been a lot of uh, figuring things out on the fly, you know, figuring, figuring out how to make, how to make it work, you know? And, and I think, you know, I shouldn't say like, I, I'm talking like, I didn't have a lot of help as well. Like there's a lot of inspiration, a lot of other guys, that we're doing the same thing, you know, that I could kind of, you know, pick their brains and be like, okay, like, you know, you know, how do I do this? What should I do this? Um, you know, getting into indoor, you know, coach, I think coach Brown was like the biggest advocate for that for me. He was like, you got to play, like you, you got it, you got to do it. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been kind of like, kind of, kind of figuring out, just kind of going yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I got a question for it because I got this. I, I kind of got maybe the, the Coles notes of this story um, and just like on topic of kind of working and stuff like obviously you're, you know, you're a warrior, New Balance athlete. I need to hear the story of how you ended up hanging out backstage with Jack Harlow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not that crazy of a story. Like um, I – I hit up New Balance and I was just like, hey, uh, I'm a Jack Harlow fan. I'm going to the concert. I was a New Balance athlete. Like, is there any way, you know, we could do a meet and greet? And uh, they were like, oh, you know, like we're going to bring up the channels. Like, can't promise you anything. Um, but like, you know, like we'll, we'll send it up the channels. And I was like, okay. Um so I'm so I'm thinking like ah oh, this probably won't happen you know I you know I'm, I'm going to the concert anyway I'm gonna enjoy it you know? yeah and uh, uh, then like I get a text like kind of a quarter way through the concert I was like yeah like uh, you know Jack's manager is gonna meet you at the side door like just meet him there or meet her there and then uh, she'll bring you backstage and like you get to do like a meet and greet and I was like oh awesome so I'm thinking like you know like it's just gonna be like. Oh, like, you know, I say, what's up, you know, maybe take a picture um, and, you know, just kind of go my separate ways, you know, and uh, that did happen. Uh, and then it was funny at first he thought I worked for New Balance. So he was like, 
oh, like, you know, like, and, and at that time he was, uh, he was like about to renegotiate. So his contract was ending. So yeah, I think maybe that is what got through the channels. They were like, yeah, like we should, we should bring this guy back. Like, you know, it'll, it'll be good for your contract, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, like we're talking and, and then you know, like at first he was like, wait, so you don't work for New Balance? I was like, no, like I'm, uh, I'm an athlete. Like I play lacrosse and I don't know, like something that's always like a self-conscious thing for me is like telling people of that, like of that size and magnitude to be like, oh yeah, like I'm a pro athlete. I play pro lacrosse, you know, like I expected him to be like, oh, like what was that? You know, or like, oh, I, I didn't even know that was a pro sport, you know, just a lot of just, there's a lot of ignorance around it. And yeah, uh, and he was like, yo, that's so cool. And I was like, what? And to this day, like, I was like, like, I'll always respect Jack Harlow and like anything he does in life. Cause like, just what that brought me was like, I was like, wow. Like he, he was like, that's so cool. Like you play a pro sport and he, like you play lacrosse. Like, that's awesome. Like he's like, they didn't really have it in Kentucky, but like, I think that's so cool. He's like, yo, you want to come backstage and just kind of like vibe a little bit i was like hell yeah you know <laughs> hell yeah. Like, yeah are you kidding let yeah. me get my stuff like, oh yeah hell yeah you know and what was that like uh, when you were just hanging around with the boys back there it, it was cool like it was really it was really low-key um you know like uh it, it yeah it was just really really low-key like i i didn't ex in and, and i and i'm sure it's different for everybody you know like I'm sure tons of artists do things differently. I don't know, but uh, you know, everybody was just chilling. Like everybody was chilling. You know? I think, and the way I heard that story is like Teeter. Teeter told me that out of like pure frustration because like he's a huge Harlow guy, and he's like, "Dude, yeah. he got to do this. I didn't get to do this." Yeah, no, I would have loved. It, it would have been great if Jeff was there too. It was. It was. Uh, I think a lot of times too, like you know sometimes like it doesn't hurt to ask you know like if it's coming from a good place like i think if i didn't ask then that would have never happened like i could have easily just went to the concert and been like oh yeah you know wore my 550s maybe a new balance sweatshirt like oh maybe like <laughs> maybe this new balance and like calls it out or something yeah. like that like you know or something like that but uh like uh and you know like i didn't think anything was going to come of it and um it just ended up to be ended up to be really cool and honestly, if we did go backstage, hang out or anything, just the fact that he said lacrosse was cool, I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm, I was like, this is this is a great experience. This is a great experience. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I kind of I sidetracked us a little bit, but what I mean, when you when you jumped into the NLL, like what was that first that first training camp like for you? Oh, man, my head was spinning, bro. Spinning. <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, like, <laughs> and, and so it's in Philly, right? So we got, you know, Polly and, you know, great coaching staff, Rubes and, uh, and TK. And TK was explaining all the drills. So not only did I not understand it if it was in common English, but like, TK, you know how TK talks, like when he's coaching. Like, it's I'm in like, Peterborough. It's would, in Peterborough. Like, yeah. even. It, yeah, I'm like, I don't even know. I, I I have no idea what this guy is saying. <laughs> um, so, and like he's right on the board. And it's like all like, you know, circles or lines here going this way, this way. I'm like, 
uh, I'm just going to hop in the back of the line. And for a lot of drills, like I would, you know, even just like the flow drills, like passing, like I would just like it just lock in on the guy in front of me and then just be like, okay, like you do, you catch first and you pass here and then you, you know, and it's still, sometimes I've met early. I was messing it up. You know, I was messing it up uh, like in the basic drills like that. But, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, but like, you know, when it came to the gameplay stuff, you know, it was even more, it was even harder, even more of a challenge. Um, and I think that I really lucked out being on Philly, um, because we were an expansion team that year. So I think we had a lot of guys that were newer to the game and they're really investing in teaching us at camp, like putting us in different things. I think that me being like them going with the strategy of like, Hey, we're going to get a face off guy. So we get the ball more. Like, I think that opened up the door for me to learn, you know? And I, and I think that it, it it's tough for a lot of guys that, that want to come in and, and don't know anything about box, you know, like it's, you really need like somebody to, to walk you through the basic stuff, the basic stuff. Like I remember Lordy said something like, Oh yeah, we're just going to play like this, you know, just kind of like when we were in peewee. And I was like, I don't like, (laughs) like, I I, I don't, I don't know. know? I've never heard that to me. I never heard of the Minto, bro. Yeah, yeah, I didn't hear of the Minto, you know? (laughs) Yeah, so if we were explaining this to a Pee-wee guy, could could you walk me through that quickly? (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Yeah, so, but but, but I enjoy it, man. Like, I think it's so cool to uh, just learn the game, you know? And and I think indoor is such a great game. And, And, like, I'm still learning. You know, like I'm still learning so much, but especially in the beginning, like just kind of rolling out to practice and leaving and be like, wow, like I just kind of got like my shit rocks for like two hours, you know, like it was like a very humbling experience, but it it was uh, something that I think, especially as a face off guy, so, so much of your play is so binary, you know, it's, it's it's everything's chalked up to win or loss, you know, like, Oh, did you win or did you lose? You know, what was your, how many did you win? How many did you lose? You have a stat line that like makes you basically think about your whole play. Um, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's healthy, you know? So the, in, in the very least, like indoor just gives me an outlet to like, like critique myself on other things, you know, which is, which is great. Cause you know, when we talked about earlier, like, Sometimes you just lose the face off because like something just happened. Like it's a fast thing. Like you're not gonna win them all. You know, you're not gonna win them all. I think it's I think it's like cool, but also very important <laughs> that you did it right away too. Because like I think for American guys, it gets harder because it's harder to have that humility to learn as you get older and are doing really well in the PLL. It's like harder to like. So I think that helps. And then also getting rid of the rookie salary in the NLL and while you're still young too, like I think there'd be more Americans that play, but like starting in the league as a 25, 26 year old, it's like, all right, you're a stud American. You probably can make a lot of money in the summers coaching camps or doing whatever you have to a take the low salary and B you have to like kind of eat shit when you've already established yourself as a great player. Like I think if you can do that coming out of college, it just makes it so much easier. Uh, absolutely absolutely like i think that you know like 
Uh, sometimes I'm like, oh man, it would have been nice to take a take like a little year, like just have like a season off, you know. Um, but no, like I don't regret it at all. I think that, uh, you know, especially like especially after two years, like, and like you said, the rookie salary, it's like because you you're putting time in like just playing and practicing, you know. But like you got to put in time to learn, you know, when you don't know, like you got to put you got to put some time in, and you're not and. A lot of times it's hard to convince somebody who's more established to, to do it for that amount of money, you know. No doubt. You got any uh, any funny Dylan Evans stories from uh, from your time hanging in Philly? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Dylan Evans is a man. I, I think like uh, he was he was the the uh, the rookie captain for court. So you know, you can imagine. You can imagine a, a little grumpy Dilly taking care of the yeah. taking care of the rookies. So, um, you know, I think uh, I'm trying to think of anything specific, but but uh, he was great. I, I think I love. I just love when he would just kind of let loose a little bit and like kind of like have fun and smile. I'm like, oh, this is this is great. You know, this yeah. is, I should take a picture they're, of this. You know, they're few, they're, <laughs> those those smiles are few and far between. So you got to value them. Yeah. But he, but he was great. Like he was, he was great. Like awesome teammate. We were roommates a lot too. We were roommates a lot. Nice. Uh, so it was good. It was good. Um, Polly, you got anything for him from the time in Philly? How how long how long were you there for? Um, four years. So, but one was a COVID. So yeah, one was COVID yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. So like again, just kind of speaking on. Like learning from guys, obviously, like you mentioned, like Lordy, like Dilly, like guys who kind of been around the league for a while. Who were like guys you were leaning on? Like obviously, you come and establish as a face-off guy, but to learn like the defense and stuff. Like, who were guys you were leaning on to kind of, you know, round that part of your game at which you have like since you've been in here? Yeah, I think Lordy, like Lordy, was it was huge. I think that um, just his experience. Um, it just seems like everything he says, he just says the right thing every time, you know, like, um, and, and I think that like he has so much perspective. Um, he's, he gave me so much perspective, not only just on the floor, but also like mentally going into the game of like, you know, what uh, I think it's, I think it's so funny. Like in, in indoor games, like teams go on runs. I feel like a lot. And there's like a little bit of like a flow to a game. And he's like, you know, like you'd be able to like call stuff out kind of before it happened, like, Oh, like watch out for this. This is what they're going to be looking to at this point in the game. And um, just, you know, just getting that heads up <laughs> just for me playing was like, huge. but, uh, but he, he was, a, he was a great guy. And also Moose, you know, like Moose was playing kind of offense and defense, but you know, he was, he was also great for, him. Um, you know, he, he, I learned a lot from him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would say, I would you- say Lordy too. Because Lordy was there you, kind of the whole time. What did you think the first time you saw Lordy brushing his teeth before the game? Uh, I actually didn't, I didn't think too much of it because uh, John Orson, our coach at Denver, he did the same thing. And he's really? like, I've been doing this every game. He does it as a coach. He's like, I've been doing it since I've played, been playing. Um, so I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, I guess it's, uh, you know, like, I, don't, I don't mean to – Say it's in like a bad way, but I was like, maybe it's kind of like just kind of like an old timer thing to do because like, <laughs> him and Jail are kind of like the, the same age, you know. So I'm like, maybe it's like 
And that's just like how guys got down back then. You know? Guys, they're brushing <laughs> dentures before the game. That's all good. <laughs> the dentures intact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, maybe that's just how they, maybe that's just what they did. I don't know. Yeah, you just start. Hey, you just look over. Baptista's brushing his teeth too. Like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean. You, you've had quite quite the unique experience um, that, you know, not a ton of guys have in the sense that um, you've been traded in this league. What was uh, what was that like? What was the feeling like and how did kind of how did that, all that come to fruition? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I think uh, I think there's a lot like of just like, I don't know. It, I, I think I feel like for someone that like does do a lot of just like promotional stuff and like media stuff i don't really like like the, the drama you know like i'm not really about that um and, and i don't think it, it was very dramatic kind of like i'll be like very transparent of how everything happened i you know i was after this summer i was very burnt out of lacrosse um and i was actually thinking about maybe taking a year off of playing uh indoor or taking a season off because i was like i just kind of need a break Worlds was this summer. It was like the indoor season into the outdoor season and the buys for our outdoor seasons. We were playing, you were playing Worlds. So I was like, man, I'm smoked. And a lot of it, especially with the PLL, like kind of revolved around travel. So I was like, you know, like I'm thinking about sitting out like, or it could be really great for me and just like my personal health if I could be playing in the West this is obviously before they changed the schedule, so everybody plays everybody. But uh, <laughs> you know, so kind of ended up being like that. But um, and you know, uh, PD, Paulie, and and Landon, and uh, everyone there just did it so first class. Like PD was just like, "Yeah, man, like if this is what you need, like, and this is how you feel, like I want what's best for you. If you if we gotta trade you out west, like we're gonna trade you out like." we'll trade you out West, you know, like we'll do it. And, and I appreciated that. Cause I think like, I know like a tweet went out like, Oh, like good luck out West for your request and all this stuff. Cause you know, like in the Ross form, like, I did request it. Like, I'm not going to say I didn't, you know, I did. Um, but uh, it really wasn't like a salty or like bad blood type thing. Um, it was actually like something that like, I'm, I'm so appreciative for, all of those guys in Philly, not only from just how the trade went, but just, you know, if I wasn't with that group, like there, I don't, there's a, there's a storyline where I'm not playing indoor, you know? Um, so like, I, I'm so appreciative of that and, and kind of to the trade, like it's, it was kind of weird, like coming into a new team. I was like, Whoa, like, uh, this is the first time ever that I've, that I've been on a new team. Um, uh, you know, the whole MLL PLL switch, but that was kind of like a new league, but, uh, it, it was, it was like, uh, to be honest, I was like very, very self-conscious to be honest coming in. Like, I was like, you know, like I want to, I, I don't, I want to fit in, you know, like I want to find out their culture and I want to like embody that. Um, but you know, as time went on, you, you just realized that, you know, our team in San Diego is a bunch of great guys, you know, great coaching staff and, you know, landed in a really great spot there too. Yeah, there's 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 worse uh, worse places to go in uh, yeah in the, in the league than sunny San Diego. So that's not a bad landing spot. 
Can I ask yeah. a kind of a nerdy uh, question here? But you see a lot of the box guys when they're taking the faceoffs do the the look at the referee uh, trick. Do you do that in box? Uh, why or why or why not? Yeah, yeah, I started doing it um, just with playing, and um, so kind of like why guys do it is, and why guys don't do it in other areas, like other disciplines of the game, is the ref blows the whistle right kind of he kind of like stands right above you and he goes like uh you know so it's very easy to look up at him and feel like the refs are usually always like running back when they're blowing the whistle so it's very hard to like you got to like either be turning all the way around or you know you got to do a lot of body movement and you're not supposed to move after set you know so it's kind of hard uh so that was something that I just kind of like learn how to do I, I think I went into a couple of games maybe I went into my first game like not looking and I might have got just there's definitely a face-offs where I got like torched like off the whistle and I was like all right I gotta start looking back <laughs> I gotta start looking back at this guy there's there's the scrimmages I was like yo like these like these guys are on this whistle like what's going yeah. you know so <laughs> I started looking back and um yeah it was it's definitely an adjustment but it's definitely, definitely the way to do it for indoor, for sure. There, I mean, I think that just gave me an idea for if we want to do a, an outdoor face-off rule change, make sure the ref just stands over top of it now so he's not running out of there, focusing on the back pedal instead of watching what's going on in the mix. I, I think that I think I think that's a good thing. Like I think I think also the um uh I mean I think an indoor like like a lot of times a low, there's not a midline, you know? So like I think sometimes like your lineup can be, that was like what a lot of coaches saying, like, Oh, guys are leaning guys are like over the line. Like it's unfair. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But in indoor, you know, sometimes like your left hand, like both guys, left hands are like kind of forward, you know, cause there's no line. Um, but I think what's great is there's an actual marker line where you put your head on, you know, like I think that's so important. Cause it's just very black and white. It's like, yo, just go on the line, you know? And uh, I think in the, especially the college field game, we have it in the PLL, but the college field game, it's like the ball's down. And then they're like, they're just saying down, you know, it's like, you can kind of line up on your head anyway. If your glove can kind of be on the line a little bit, you know? So I I think even like a stencil, like kind of how we do in the PLL and like the line on the NLL, I think that would help too. You know, it's just kind of, Kind of make it black and white, you know, make it make the lineup black and white. You know, when it comes to like after the whistle, it's like, yo, two guys are, re- are going really hard to get the ball. Like, yeah, you know, sometimes guys might get pushed in the back a little bit. Sometimes guys might like, you know, pull on someone's elbow a little bit, you know. And and I think that all those things should be is a, is a point of safety and like advantages. I think those things should be like called if they're egregious, but sometimes you got to just kind of let the guys go, you know, you kind of just got to let the guys go. Then it's like, they're like, Oh, well you can counter like this. But like, if it's like this, it's not right. It's like the ref can't like, it's all happening so fast. It's all happening so fast. Uh, I agree. Is there yeah, uh, we just circled that right back to face-offs, huh? I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's called bookending. They call that bookending in the biz. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, the other thing too that we like to kind of ask guys, um, we've had you for a while here, but what's um, what's the motivation for you behind the number you are? 
that you know i wish i had a good story behind it i really don't um i kind of uh it, i started wearing it in high school and you know i don't think at my high school it was like a tradition of like oh like a top player wears nine or something like that um but uh it was there was there was a guy who was really good at our high school. He wore nine, and when he graduated, he was kind of like, "Yo, you know, like, you know, like if you want to wear nine, like that would be cool." But like, like he wasn't like, "Hey, I want you to wear nine. Like it, it wasn't very strong ties. And I was like, "You know, I like that number. I like nine. Um, so I started wearing it, and then when I came into freshman year at Denver, uh, Coach Sheridan at the time was like, "Hey, like we're picking numbers. Like freshmen get to pick last, but." Uh, I noticed you wore nine in high school and nine's open. You want that number? I was like, yeah, sure. That's great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's great. And there you like, go. And then you just worn it ever then, since. Then I was like, I got to keep rocking it. Got to keep rocking it. Yeah. Okay. You guys, Don, this guy, this guy, this guy in high school gives his number to Trev to carry on his legacy. Trevor goes yeah. on to be <laughs> 14 All American, PLL MVP. <laughs> Never good thought. What was that? Yeah, that's good. What's what's a guy's name that that you that gave you number nine in high school? Dor McManus. All right. Shout out Dor. Yeah. Is McManzy. that what a lacrosse name? Dor yeah. McManus. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. Polly, Donnie, you got anything else before we before we let him go? No, that's great, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we yeah, appreciate, it, appreciate it, man. Um, that was a blast. Long overdue to get this uh, get this set. So we appreciate you taking the time, man. No, I appreciate you guys having me. This was this was a great time, and I'm, I'm excited. I've been so excited to get on this. You know? <laughs> Let's so, go. Yeah. Awesome, man. Okay, we, again, we appreciate it, man, and uh, good luck the rest of the way, and we'll chat with you soon. All right, sounds good. You guys, Thanks, too. Appreciate it. All right, what an interview. We appreciate that time. Um, obviously, a a huge player in, in both indoor and outdoor right now and um, a great personality in the league too. Some pretty funny stories he's got. Um, can't even imagine going and just hanging with Jack Harlow. That must have been a nice little a nice little night for him. I know it still eats teeter alive. You can't couldn't have been there for that one. But um, you guys got anything else before we uh, before we wrap it up for the week? Trev's a Trev's a beauty man. I, I've been lucky enough to work out with him uh, for the summer in Denver last year and uh, Jack Hanna as well. So gotten to know him uh fairly well he's a beauty also a ridiculously hard worker uh i think people when i tell people that they seem to be surprised i think because people have an association with face-off guys as i don't know maybe not as good of athletes or whatever trev is one of the, the best athletes i've been around in a, in a gym um and super competitive i thought it was interesting hearing him talk about the uh like swimming and the 1v1 stuff because he's super competitive in the gym as well um and it, it's awesome. It brings out the best in everybody. So appreciate him. Appreciate him coming on. Yeah. No doubt. Paulie, you got anything before we shut her down, buddy? No. Trying to no. think of anything funny, but no, I got nothing, man. Well, we, hey, we want to give a major shout out to, uh, to Boston Levi. Um, played, uh, Played a New Year's Eve show, opened up for the Glorious Sons in Kingston. And we shared a clip of it there. Um, pretty crazy crowd and everybody seemed pretty into it and i hear it went pretty well so 
Um, if you haven't, go listen to their music. Um, there's some new stuff out from from his acoustic set, which is which is awesome. Good little driving tunes, a um, little Blink 182 feature in there too, which is uh, which is fun. Um, but again, we want to give a major shout out to uh, to Cottage Springs um, Bar Down as well. Go check out your merch if you didn't get it for Christmas. Well, you can get it now for Valentine's Day for your girlfriend um, or boyfriend. So, <clears throat> again, we appreciate everybody that listens, and we will chat with you next week. Congrats to Mike Poulin on 250 as well. Oh! <laughs> My 85 brother, another old bastard, unretired. He probably ages unretired so we could get 250. I start the rumor now. Okay, yeah, that's, that's me. Awesome. Goodbye. Bye.